are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Uh, God is good, isn't he? He is good. Uh, I, I walked in this morning and, and I was like, man, something is different in here. It looks really good. And, and I shared that with Pastor James and, and you know, I, I knew the new carpet and the paint. It, it all was different. And my wife was like, yeah, it used to go that way. <laughs> and so that, that's what it is. It, it used to go that way. And so this is the big, big change. And, and so, like I said, we're, we're so happy that we're here uh, this morning, I have my, my wife, Rachel, here in the front row, and uh, we were married in 2006, and so uh, not long after that, we were here in 2007 with Teen Challenge, and so Teen Challenge was in Rochester for 40 years, and I'm a graduate of the ministry in 1997, so God used the ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge to save my life. And my soul was saved through that process as well. And so in 2007, my wife and I came and visited uh, Joy Community Church when Teen Challenge was here. And, and uh, we, we, they, they did what we're doing today and sharing about the ministry. And uh, a year later, the doors closed in Rochester after 40 years. And so that was a sad day um, for me, and I know to many others, but I knew that God had a plan with that and that he was going to resurrect the ministry. And in 2009, the Lord put it on my heart uh, to see the doors open back up in Rochester. And not long after that, my wife and I, uh, we, we were close friends with the youth pastor here at the time, and so we started coming and serving at Joy Community Church and, and sharing our vision with the church and uh, we started to help with some addiction counseling at the outreach next door. And, and I remember my, my little kids running up and doing the offering and, and before service. And so that was a good reminder of, of our time here uh, back then when my kids were, were one and two years old. And so it, to see that you, you guys still do that, I, I love it. And, and so we're, we're grateful to be here. Um, after 12 years, the Lord, uh, this year in 2022, uh, we had a declaration that, that the Ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge has been resurrected here in Rochester. And, and so that, that was a wonderful day. And we have our students with us today. And, and my heart really is that we would just come alongside uh, the body of Christ in this Rochester region Right? And, and believe uh, that as we come together that God is going to build his kingdom in the lives of those that we serve and, and the influence that we have in this city, that he will build his kingdom right? on heaven, in, in earth as it is in heaven, in the lives of those we serve. And so uh, we're happy to be here. We're happy, and I'm, I'm so excited to share all that the Lord is doing with New York Adult and Teen Challenge in this Rochester region. And I send greetings from our new president and CEO, Pastor Paul Mead. New York Adult and Teen Challenge, if you don't know, is a Christian residential discipleship program that helps men and women who struggle with life-controlling issues. New York Adult and Teen Challenge exists for individuals to experience freedom by helping them to know Christ, grow in Christ, learn how to serve Christ, and share what Christ has done for them. To know Christ. When I was called by God the day I was saved, I wasn't called to a place. I was called to a person. I was called to know him. 
It's called to know Jesus. Developing a relationship with God. We believe that God's will for people everywhere is to know him and to be made new in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And that's what we stand on. This whole thing is about 2 Corinthians 5.17. Old things have passed away. Behold, I make all things new. The love of Christ is spread throughout New York Adult and Teen Challenge, impacting every student in the program. New York Adult and Teen Challenge exists to help the students connect to God as they begin the pathway to freedom. John 17.3 says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Amen. We do have a promo table in the back. Come and visit with us. Take a brochure. We have some awesome things coming this year in 2023. Get some more information about that. Sign your name if you'd like more info. We have our first annual walk run for recovery to be held on June 10th at Roberts Wesleyan College. We'd love for you all to be involved, and this is going to be our opportunity to really come together with the community to bring awareness, right, and spread the love of Jesus to this area through the ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge. There's some information about our No More Red Dot campaign back there, um, and understanding, I mean, uh, year after year, you, you'll, you'll hear what that is, and, and that's the, the map of Monroe County. Uh, that the, the Heroin Task Force of Monroe County put together. Uh, the dots on that, that map represent the overdoses in the area. The red dots represent the fatal overdoses in the area during that time frame. And we had Sheriff Todd Baxter with us uh, as we had a ribbon cutting service and he really believed that in order to combat this crisis that it's gonna be through the body of Christ. And he lifted up his fist, and he was so grateful that we're back in this area. And he said, I believe that there will be no more red dots. And so each year, amen. Come on, each year we're going to believe right through our No More Red Dot campaign that we're going to eliminate those red dots and that the numbers are going to go down. And it's through the power of Jesus and us coming together as the body of Christ doing this thing together. And so uh, at this time, I, I can go on and on. There's so much I'd love to share uh, but I know that we have, uh, uh, we have a service to, to go through. So at this time, I'd like to welcome to the stage our New York Adult and Teen Challenge Rochester Campus New Creation Choir. Victor Rodriguez. I'm uh, from Glen Cove, Long Island. I'll be 28 years old this month. Uh, so before Teen Challenge, I was an alcoholic. I was broken, suffering from my addiction. And although I had faith in Christ, I just couldn't believe that he could love me the way that he said he loved me. I couldn't believe that he would forgive me for everything that I've done throughout my whole life. I couldn't forgive myself. And everyone around me, 
they saw a light in me, but I just couldn't see it. I would look in the mirror and I'd feel disgusted with myself. So me having faith in Christ still pushed me to pray, at least try to pray. So there was two major prayers in my life that I made to him. I asked him, make me into the man that you want me to be. And then things got harder. <laughs> Much harder. <laughs> and then I told him, you either take away this addiction or you take away my life. Because I can't do it. I couldn't do it on my own, no matter how much I tried. And now here I am, over eight months sober. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you. So, thank you guys so much. That means a lot to me. Um, so, coming into Teen Challenge, um, I came in because I needed help. And I believe that the Lord called me here. He called me to be a disciple. I already was his child, but it was time for me to learn more of his ways and to know him and his joy and his suffering. Uh, so about six months in, I was called to be an emerging student leader. So they brought me up here to Rochester. And I will say the Lord has been, been doing such a mighty work in me. I, I'm learning how to grieve. I'm learning how to love. I'm learning how to be myself, the new creation in Christ. I'm not who I was before. I can't deny his work in me. I just can't. So I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm a living miracle, a living, breathing miracle a testimony of God's love, his mercy, that he could do it for anyone because I am definitely not who I used to be. If you knew me then, you believe me now, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> so uh, I want to say thank you so much for having us here. And uh, the scripture I stand on that I believe has been the scripture even before I knew it is uh, Romans 8.28. All things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Thank you, church. Praise the Lord. That's the, what you're looking at is trophies of God's grace. And now we're going to have Pastor James. Uh. Let's have a big hand for the testimony and the choir. And what's this young man's name right here that's saying? Brandon. You took a huge step of, of obedience today. I know you did. And I'm grateful for you today. Thank you so much. Well, this has been an amazing journey for Joy and Adult Teen Challenge. And uh, I was invited two years ago to visit Adult Teen Challenge with all the pastors in the area. And I went that day and I met these two men and uh, began a relationship with Chris as well as James. 
And uh, it's been quite a journey. And James and Chris have been involved in our ministries here uh, over the last two years as well. And uh, getting to know them and spend time with them. I so appreciate their vision and their heart. And this year we've decided, the elders, that we were, as a church, going to step up and support them on a monthly basis. So Joy is supporting Adult Teen Challenge now on a monthly basis. And what a blessing that has been, too. So you're all a part of all these guys' transformation. That is so awesome. And so uh, we take heart to any testimony of what God is doing in people's lives We love when God gets the glory for the transformation taking place. We see that in you guys today. For that, we're very, very grateful. Well, it's with great heart that I introduce my friend, uh, Pastor James West. Uh, We had the privilege of ministering together at the National Day of Prayer. He didn't only get up to uh, pray. This guy is such a preacher, he couldn't contain himself. And so he just let it rip, and I said, I have got to spend more time with him. And so come on up, James, and let's just uh, hear what God has on your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. Hallelujah. Yes, don't stop now. He's worthy. Oh, he's worthy, church. Continue to praise him. Thank you, God. Oh, Jesus, you are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Church, the Bible says that he is enthroned upon the praises of his people. So when we lift him up, when we praise his name, Jesus Christ, he is enthroned upon the praises of his people. So all together, can we lift up another shout of praise to King Jesus this morning? Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! Oh, Jesus, we worship you! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Joy Community Church, good morning. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord today. My name is Pastor James, and I am the program director, but I just want to share uh, a little something with you that you may not know, is that this group of men that stood behind you were comprised of students that are two months or less in the program. You see, it's a one-year-long program, discipleship program, and these men that were singing, apart from uh, Victor, who's been brought up to Rochester to be an emerging student leader, these were students that are less, two months or less in the program. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Pastor James and Greta and Patrick, good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for coming alongside of us. Thank you for coming and touring that uh, beautiful center that God uh, equipped us to renovate. (laughs) Pastor Chris and I would, uh, 
you know, remember that it took a whole lot longer than we expected when we came up and we began to meet with pastors and bring people through the program and talk about what God was doing and we didn't have students in the program, we didn't have staff and we just continued to pray and believe that God would fill those beds with students, with people that need to know Jesus Christ and today you see the result of hard work, of hard prayers and the, and the testimony of that God will answer the prayers as we continue to seek his face, as we continue to ask, and he will provide. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Well, today is Super Bowl Sunday. I did see a few children running around with some football jerseys, uh, but as Pastor James and I spoke uh, about a week ago, every day, every Sunday, actually, in the church is Super Bowl Sunday. Can you agree with me on that? Today is the day of salvation. Today in God's house is Super Bowl Sunday. But I want to share with you that there is an event that is far greater than the Super Bowl. There is an event that is far greater than the World Series, than the Olympic Games, than the World Cup, and all those events combined. I like to call it the supernatural bowl. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what I'm going to be speaking about with you this morning. So if you would, please take out your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm going to be reading Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. And if you can, when you get there, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Joy Community Church, the word of the Lord declares this morning in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, let's just remember that, therefore, we'll talk about that later, we'll start over. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, we thank you, God, for bringing us here this morning at this particular time. Lord, I'm believing that this morning, out of this word, Lord, that you have given to me, God, that you will allow the word to come forth with power, with authority, and dominion in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, God, if there's anybody this morning that is struggling with weight and sin that has captured them and has ensnared them in the name of Jesus, 
Jesus, through the preaching of your gospel, I pray that you would break chains, that you would bring healing into the hearts of your people, that you would set the captives free, oh Lord. We're crying out to you, God, that today we would experience freedom and be able to run free the race that is set before us. God, I pray that this word would go forth the way seed goes into soil, that it would strike deep root into the foundation of the relationship that each and every one of us has and will have with you in Christ Jesus. And then in the latter years, in the latter seasons, it will bear fruit for your kingdom and for your glory. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do here this morning. We already sense your presence, God. You are here because you are omnipresent. But Lord, I'm asking that you would manifest your presence in a special way this morning here. Lord, as we worship you, as we listen to your word, God, as we lift our hearts to you, God, to hear what you would speak to us this morning. We glorify your name. We love you. We honor you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all do pray. And all God's people said, amen. And amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. Joy Community Church, the title of my message this morning for you is Run the Race. Can you tap your neighbor and say, Run the Race? Run the Race, yes. Run the race. Yes, run the race. Let that be your proclamation, not just today, but all through your life. Run the race. Run the race, church. As I studied this word of God and allowed it to feed my spirit, I discovered an awesome lesson. What I found, church, is that we have a race that is set before us. Now, this race is different than any race that is here on earth. This is a heavenly race, a race of faith. And there are requirements just like any race if we are to make it to the finish line. The first or the most important race qualification for entrance into this great race is salvation. And what is salvation? Salvation, simply put, is to be saved from the penalty and the power of sin. The penalty Jesus took on that cross for every single person here this morning. And the power so that we can break free from the things of this world, so that we can run a race that is set before us, shaking off the weight and the sin, the things that may weigh us down. The penalty and the power of sin Jesus has already won for us on Calvary's cross. If you do not know him this morning, through this word, I pray that you would surrender your life, your mind, your will, and your emotions to the Lord Jesus Christ. You would repent of your sin. You would turn away from it. Confess Jesus Christ not only as Savior, but Lord of your life. And you too will enter this incredible, amazing, heavenly race that we are running. You see, my name is James West, but I'm not only the program director. I'm also a graduate. And 14 years ago, I was struggling with a 24-year drug addiction. 
I was hopeless. I was broken. I was helpless. I didn't know what to do. I was suicidal and and mental. I was on medication, psychiatric meds for 15 years. I didn't know what to do. I hurt my family. I reset my life a, a hundred times. I moved from here to there, but everywhere I went, I would find myself in the same circumstances and the same situation because I couldn't run away from me. Well, what I did was instead of running, I got on my knees and I cried out to God. I never went to church. I didn't read the Bible, but I got on my knees and I said, God, if you are real, if you are real, please save me. Please save me and take me away. The same prayer like Victor prayed, the same prayer that many of you have prayed. And I'm telling you, church, through a succession of events, God brought me into the ministry of adult and teen challenge, not only where I was saved, but where I could be discipled and learn about Jesus Christ who saved me and where I could learn what it means to be a child of God then grow up to be a man of God. You see, Romans 6, chapter 6, verses 23 says that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, church. And what that means is a wage is something we earn. We all fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we have earned eternal death. Oh, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And when I repented of my sin, when I turned to Jesus and turned away from my sin, God began to create a new heart, a new life, a new mind in me. I am a testimony of therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things pass away and all things become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And that's what Teen Challenge is all about. It's about turning to Jesus Christ, allowing the old things to go away and allowing us to walk in newness of life. And that is the body of Christ. That's what we do as we run this heavenly race. Church, that is amazing because we are part of an eternal event that God has ordained from the foundations of the earth that we get to run in this heavenly race as we are saved. I liken it to an athletic event. And in an athletic event or competition, there's several exercises or disciplines that the athlete must follow if they're to make it to the finish line, right? Well, what God is teaching us today through this awesome and sacred word is that we must lay aside every weight, every sin, everything that weighs us down, the things that crowd us, that hold us back from running this race, every sin and everything that will try and deter us and disqualify us not only from finishing but from winning the race. Has anyone here ever participated in an athletic event? Hands all over the place. Well, then you would know exactly what I'm talking about. You see, an athletic events, we need to train our bodies. I grew up as an athlete. I played baseball, and, and we would go practice uh, several days a week before the big game, you know? And so you think about all the, all the famous uh, 
baseball players and football players and, and what you're going to see tonight. These men, these athletes have trained their bodies day after day, week after week, year after year to play this sport. Michael Jordan probably took over 100,000 foul shots and have bounced around the court and they bounce on the ball and every miss was a success for him because he knew that when he missed, he had to just readjust, and he became the greatest, one of the greatest basketball players that have ever lived, Michael Jordan. He was an athlete, but he trained his body. He ate a certain way. He physically adapted his body so that when he got into the game and when the ball would come to him, no matter where he was on the court, he would shoot that ball and it would go in. It's amazing, and God has given us this opportunity to run in this race. I think of my stepfather, uh, who was, some of you would remember Jack LaLanne. It seems like we have a crowd here that would know what I'm talking about. Uh, he was a modern-day Jack LaLanne. He was a vegetarian all his life. He ran in over 16, 26-mile marathons. And, you know, I asked him, his name was Norman, and I said, hey, Norman, how is it that you run these marathons? How is it that you run these races? And he said this to me, and if you're taking notes this morning, you might want to write this down. And it's stuck in my heart, and it might stick with you. He said, James, the pain of discipline is less than the pain of regret. Amen? The pain of discipline is less than the pain of regret. You see, he got up every morning and he did his calisthenics, just like Jack LaLanne. He got up every morning, he ran, he ran five miles a day, sometimes 10 miles, and he would not come home until he felt like he ran enough. He trained his body. Not only that, he wore all these kind of crazy outfits that, that were made for running. He showed, he threw his shoes at me one day and it was like, I didn't even feel them in my hand. It was like four ounces, the, these sneakers. So. They were light. They, the, the clothes on him was very light. And so Norman, he was running a race, and he was training his body, and he was wearing a certain outfit that was light so that the things that he was wearing wouldn't weigh him down. And so that makes sense that as we're running this race, as we're laying aside weight and sin that may ensnare us, we, like this runner... We have, to weigh, we have to take the things that have been weighing us down and we have to cast them off, amen? The question that we want to ask ourselves is, what is weighing me down this morning? I know that through any week in my uh, walk that I have things that begin to accumulate and that weigh me down throughout the week. And so what is the very thing that I need to lay down at the foot of the cross? And so as I examine myself... For the things that have weighed me down, the list was astonishing. Uh, see if any of these things pertain to you. How about worry? How about regret? How about grief? How about thinking about tomorrow? How about thinking about the things that have happened in the past? When we begin to think about those things, when those things begin to crowd our minds, do they weigh us down? Yes, they do. These very things, they weigh us down and they can do something very troublesome to us. They can lead us to compromise and then make us vulnerable to temptation. And they can lead us 
to sin. We want to break that chain. We want to break that cycle. And when our minds and our hearts begun, begin to get heavy, that's when we go to Jesus. That's when we get on our knees. That's when we grab a brother or a sister and we're transparent and we become vulnerable. As the man of God this morning said, we pray. We get on our knees. We pray with each other and we begin to lay aside these weights, these sins, these very things that can snag us, catch us, and hold us down, and we run the race, that is how we endure. That is what endurance looks like, and then we just keep going. We get back up, and we go, and we continue to run the race. How about what I call the five F's of earth? Finances, future, food, fitness, and fashion. These are the things. They're not bad. We need them. We need finances. We need to, to have a future, we need food to survive and live. Fitness is to be in shape and fashion. Uh, these are the things, though, that the world, right, or even myself, before Christ, began to look at to find fulfillment, to fill that emptiness that was in my heart. And so what happens is we look to these things for fulfillment, and they don't fulfill us. So Jesus so gloriously addresses these in the great Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 6, 19, Jesus proclaims, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves can break in and steal. Finances. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where thieves can't break in and steal, where moth can't rust and destroy. He says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. If our treasure, if our uh, fulfillment is in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will provide the things that we need. We don't need to look to those things for fulfillment, but he's redirecting us to look to him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Those are the finances, the first F. Then he continues on in Matthew 6.25 where he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, future, what you will eat, food, or what you will drink, or about your body, fitness, what you will put on, fashion, is not life more important than food and the body more than clothing. Listen, Jesus knew more than anything that we needed those things. We, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But when we have Jesus Christ as our heart's desire, when we have Jesus Christ for our fulfillment, then we are not seeking these things that need to fill us and to give us purpose. But what happens is we seek him and we have the gift and the giver. And then everything that comes from the Lord is a bonus or a blessing or the supplies that he, need, he wants us to have. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lift up a shout of praise to that. At the, end of, at the end of what he says here, he says this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I, I used to put some things in my life. 
And when I put the things in my life, they never seem to fill that emptiness. They never seem to give me what I wanted. And I realized that when I read this scripture, when God began to minister to me through this word, he showed me that when I seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, those things that I need, that the Lord feels that I need, he will be the one that provides them for me. Amen? Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, Paul says, Do you not know that those who run in a race, they all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may attain us obtain it. He's telling us that we need to run in such a way that we may obtain what the prize, the prize being Jesus. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, a Super Bowl trophy, a World Series trophy, a gold medal. Not that those things are bad, Amen? But these things are perishable. They will melt away. Amen? But Jesus is telling us, and Paul is alluding and encouraging us, that we, for an imperishable crown, and then he says, therefore I run thus, and this is what we need to do, not with uncertainty. He says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Church, like an athlete preparing for a race, Paul knew that he had to discipline his body. He had to force himself to maintain the strenuous, consistent practice needed for success. The race that Paul prepared him for was the race that all Christians and we here this morning need to prepare ourselves for. It's the tests, the trials, the hardships, and the tribulations. The race of faith. Run the race this morning. Run the race this morning. Run the race this morning. As we run the race that is set before us, we endure these trials, these tests, and even failures and attitudes as we discipline our bodies as we run. No longer looking at the weights and the worries the things that weigh us down as stumbling blocks, but as stepping stones to victory. You see, if we change our perspective and we begin to embrace the trials, the tests, the failures, the things that happen from other people, and we begin to look to Jesus, who's not only the one that authorized our faith, but he's perfecting our faith through the very things. And then what happens is our mind shifts. Our mind begins Huh. to think of the trials, the tests, the failures, and the things that happen that come our way, we don't reject them, but we begin to embrace them, and we begin to bring them to Jesus. And what happens, he allows them to become the momentum that pushes us forward to run the race. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, the, the writer is, is James, Jesus' brother, and, you know, I just want to, Add to that is, you know, many people think about Peter 
And when Peter denied Jesus and how, you know, tragic that was as he denied him. But James, Jesus' brother, was a very religious man when Jesus walked on the earth. And he didn't believe that his brother was the Messiah. He was so deep in studying the, the Torah, the Bible, that he missed that his own brother uh, was the Messiah. But Jesus so lovingly came to him in the resurrection and he revealed himself to James. And when he revealed himself to James... There it happened. The same way that when Jesus reveals himself to us, our hearts, our minds, our lives change. And James became a pillar of the church in Jerusalem. He became a pillar and the one that was teaching uh, how to build the church in Jerusalem and so that the, the, the body of Christ in the early church would be established. This is James who wrote what I'm about to speak to you right now. James said... Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. I say when I teach a teen challenge, opportunity Opportunity when a test or a trial comes your way, when a failure from someone else comes your way, when somebody does you wrong, when a car cuts you off, when everyday life happens, right? Opportunity. You can say that to yourself. Opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to practice this. Amen? Amen. He continues on, James, and he writes, blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. You see, every test, every trial, every failure, and I'm going to say it, even sin, as it comes in our lives, as we bring those things before the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says if we confess our sins that he is faithful and just to cleanse, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It clears our, our soul. It clears our mind. It takes the weight off of us, and it allows us to, to run the race and to run it with joy. Amen? Because we look to Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And then what happens is as we grow, as we become mature, as we become complete, God himself is using every test, every trial, and everything. And the brother this morning testified that Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God causes all things all things to work together for the good of those who love God and to those who have been called according to his purpose. And so Joy Community Church this morning, I am proclaiming to you that the very things that we deal with on a weekly basis in life, that these tests, these trials, uh, these encumbrances, the things that are heavy in our lives, in our families, we can take those things and now embrace them and look to Jesus, amen, as the author and the perfecter of our faith, and they become the things that make us mature. Those are the things that make us complete. Now, I'm not going to tell you it's easy. It's very hard, amen? 
But if you look at Michael Jordan, if you look at these players that are going to be playing uh, this evening in the Super Bowl, they've spent their whole life training day after day. We sometimes, what, what do they call it? Two-a-days, right, Chris? He, he was a football player. We used to do these in, in high school. We used to do two-a-days. Two-a-days were you go in the morning and then you go again at night. These Coaches, used to, I think they were trying to torture us. I think they liked it because they would, they would kind of get us so, you know, exhausted that some of us would be throwing up. We, we, we ran so much, crawling, bear crawls, 100 yards across the, I'm like, I can't even do that. But I did it. I tried. I kept doing it. But what was happening was when we got into the game, because I did those bear crawls, when the ball fumbled, I was crawling and I dove on the ball and I would get it. Amen? And I'll be part of the game. You see, church... You got to be in it to win it. You got to be in it. You got to be in the game. Get in the game. Run the race and just understand that today God is challenging us. God is telling us this morning to lay aside every weight. God is commanding us to lay aside sin. God is calling us to repentance. Repentance means to turn away. And when you turn away from something, guess what? You're turning towards something. So I'm turning away from sin, but I'm turning towards Jesus Christ. And I walk and I keep my eyes, the Bible says here in Hebrews, that we fix our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the perfecter of our faith. And that's how my body and my soul and my spirit becomes mature and complete so that as I run the race... As life happens, I remember uh, years ago, they used to tell me, oh, James, just live life on life's terms. And I would try that, but it didn't work, and it kind of made me a little crazy because I really tried that. But church, let me proclaim to you this morning, live life on God's terms. Live life on God's terms. This word of God will never steer you wrong. The word of God is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces to the division of joint and marrow. It knows the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. When you open the Bible and you read it, you see your story unfolding in the Bible. Every test, every trial, every failure, it's in here. It's in here. And you will find your story there. You will find a way to get through it and have brothers and sisters and men of God around you that have gone before you to help you run this race. Yeah. Hallelujah. God is telling us this morning to run with endurance. Today, God wants to increase your faith because God has given us a promise. Stephen, I'd like to ask you to come on up. Thank you for playing with us. And, you know, I just really feel led. Um, young lady with the violin, is that possible you can play, come play with Stephen? If not, that's okay. Uh, I didn't prep you in advance, but that would really be awesome as I, as I close, as I begin to um, finish my closing statements. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You know, there's something so special about the melody of music. It's one of those things, church, that really touches deeply within our hearts. You know, in my search for life, and when I found Jesus, 
one of the things that I found along the way growing up was I loved music. Right, Gregory? I love music. I didn't know why, but I just, I knew every genre, I knew every song. They used to call me Jukebox Jimmy because you could play a, you could play a song and I knew it. I knew the song. Like, name that tune, that, that would have been me. But what I found out, church, was something really amazing when I began to read the Bible is that the Lord created me for worship. He created me to worship Him. And so one, one day it clicked because I didn't know worship music. I didn't know the songs of the church. But there was a melody that was in my heart. And the melody was a melody of worship. And that worship that I found was all my life. I had been worshiping. I had been doing what I was created to do, but I wasn't worshiping in the right direction. I was worshiping myself. I was worshiping finances, future, food, fitness, and fashion. I was worshiping stuff, and the stuff never fulfilled me. But when I found out that God created me to worship, I began to sing to him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. When I began to read the scriptures in the Bible that talk about worship and rejoicing, I began to read those and pray those and sing those back to God. There are times at night, and I don't know if any of you have this happen to you, but I hear worship while I'm sleeping. I hear the songs of the angels playing like we hear right now. And it does something so special in our hearts and in our souls, and I believe that because God created us to worship, that as we worship God, we are fulfilling our God-given purpose and our destiny. So as we go back to our opening text, we have a deeper understanding now what the writer of Hebrews was trying to tell us. He said, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see, in English, you don't start a sentence or even a chapter with therefore. And so as a good Bible student, when I began to read the Bible, and it says it a lot, guys, you might open up the book of Romans, Paul's writing uh, ways where he started with therefore, because what he wanted you to do is write and see what the therefore is there for. And so I began to look at what the therefore was. And I found that the therefore was about chapter 11 in Hebrews. We call it the faith chapter, right? And in that chapter, it begins by saying, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and of the evidence of things unseen. And so we can't see them with our natural eyes, but by faith... We could see them, although they might not be in front of us. Jesus proclaimed to Nicodemus that unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. 
Well, when you surrender your mind, your will, and your emotions and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he opens up and activates saving faith. Not only that, but that same faith is what builds up inside of you as you go through tests, trials, failures, and conquering sin. Victor, victors of sin. It continues to say, by faith, Abel, and it talks about Abel. By faith, Enoch, and by faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses, and Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, and Samuel. I began to read and go back into the Old Testament to find the stories of Abel and Enoch and Moses and Gideon. I searched the scriptures and I began to read and find out that these men and women of God were just like us. That they walked their life by faith looking towards the Messiah to come. The assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen and God kept them through their faith in their weaknesses and they continued to run this race that was set before them even your own saved family members who have passed on and have gone to glory who endured a life of faith and ran the race paul said in timothy second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And ultimately, Jesus, who is at the right hand of God, eternally interceding on our behalf. You see, God in his infinite wisdom and mercy and forgiveness and love, he sent Jesus out of eternity and into time so that he could run the race for us because we could never run the race alone. And he endured that cross. And the Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we would have the righteousness of Christ. We don't have to manufacture our own righteousness, our own goodness. We don't have to become a spectacular person, but as we walk this walk and run this race, we become more like Jesus. Now church, the more you hang out with someone, and I see Dr. Bill Morehouse this morning, God bless you brother, thank you for your support to Adult and Teen Challenge and coming alongside of us also, and your wife there. But Dr. Bill has been married for many years and I bet you that he could answer things that his wife is thinking before she even she gives him that look and he knows what she's saying you see when you when you hang out with someone long enough when you let live your life with someone long enough you become to talk like them you become to sound like them and you begin you begin to live like them and Jesus as our example who went before us he is the one he is the one that we set our minds, our hearts, our desires, and our lives towards so that we can become more like him. And then the byproduct of that is walking in freedom 
and victory. You see, these are the cloud of witnesses that it says since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares us. These are the men and women of faith that are cheering us on, saying, come on, Jarl. Come on, Brandon. Come on, Gregory. Come on, Sandy. Come on, Patrick and Pastor James and Greta. They're the cloud of witnesses that are awaiting that glorious day, the supernatural bowl, when Jesus comes back. And if we're not here, we will be with him. And they're cheering us on so that we can run the race. And I don't know if you've ever seen a marathon race, but in a marathon, when these people are running these races, there's people handing them water. There's people handing them a sponge or they're taking their clothes off and putting on something dry so that they continue to run that 26-mile race and endure to the end. Well, church, this morning as I close, did you know that you were all Every single one of us were created and born to be a champion. Do you know that? We were all created and born to be a champion. Genesis 1.27, the foundations of the earth in the beginning, it says, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created them. Male and female, he created them. We were created in the image of God. When you and I were conceived, your seed, your very seed, fought over 400 million seeds to get into the egg. That's miraculous. Everyone sitting here, everyone that's born into this world, no matter who you are, where you're from, it's a miracle that we are born. And God has a plan and a purpose for each and every person that's here right now and for the world that's out there before us. 400 million to one. The chances of you being born is virtually impossible, but not for God. Not for God. Church, can you please stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I came this morning with a word of encouragement. I came this morning with a word to speak to you in a testimony that God has done it for me and he'll do it for you. And I don't know what people are facing in this congregation, but I know we face stuff on a daily basis. There's so many things out there that can weigh us down and, and, and can allow us to compromise and possibly disqualify us. But I wanna pray for you this morning. And I don't know if there's anyone that doesn't know the Lord I would just like to ask that if someone here this morning has not surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, that by the preaching of the gospel, the good news, that maybe this morning you would say, that's me, my heart's been pounding. God has been using this word to, to pound my heart. He's knocking at your door and he's saying, here I am, here I am. 
I would say as we're standing this morning, just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God, I need you. And I want to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to ask you to come up, but I would say that if that's your proclamation this morning, if you believe that you are a miracle because I just shared with you 400 million to one, you were born. God has a very, very specific plan and a purpose for your life. Now, I was a drug addict for 24 years. Never in a million years would I think that I would be preaching to a congregation, let alone I used to run from people and hide and isolate myself. Now, God has put me in the forefront so that I can encourage you this morning as he turned my life around. And it's just a simple prayer that you would pray. God, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. I believe that Jesus Christ was sent from you, Father, to come to earth to save my soul so that I could run the race. And I'm asking you this morning, God, that on this day, February 12th, 2023, that today's the day that you would penetrate my heart and save me from my sin and allow me to walk in victory and run the race that is set before me. And I will look to you, God. Let that be your prayer this morning. For the Bible continues to proclaim in Romans that if anyone calls on the name of the Lord, he will, she will be saved. And I would continue to pray if there's anyone going through any trials or tests, maybe some failure or sin this morning, just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Yes, we all go through stuff. It's okay. I'm slipping two hands up. Boy, did I have a rough week. <laughs> but my hands are up, you know, because I need Jesus. And only Jesus can give me what I need. I have a wonderful wife and three beautiful babies, but only Jesus can fill that emptiness that I find in my heart that I need for fulfillment so I can love my wife, so I can be the husband, so I can be the man of God, so I can be the father, so I can be the pastor and the director to the Students and Teen Challenge. And so with hands raised, and I'm just going to pray this prayer, Father, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, for every single person at the sound of my voice. I thank you for the miracles that stand before me. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for each and every person in this room, God. And Lord, I'm asking that you would continue to reveal this word to them this afternoon, tonight, even as they're watching the Super Bowl, they would remember the reverberation of this eternal race that is set before them and that there's an eternal crown, the victor's crown that you have already won for us, that we are already victors in the race that is set before us, but that you would give each and every person at the sound of my voice the strength and the endurance to continue to run. In the mighty name of Jesus. And this is the promise. This, as I close with this scripture, is the supernatural bowl. And with eyes of faith, if you close your eyes 
and allow the Holy Spirit right now, I believe the presence of the Lord is here, to see with supernatural eyes, God, give us eyes to see. In New Jerusalem, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. This is what we're looking towards, folks. This is why we're running this race. The word of the Lord proclaims, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Can you see it by faith? For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And here's the miracle, folks. And he, God, will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be no mourning, nor crying, nor pain, nor sickness anymore, because the former things have passed away. And he, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, the very words that he said on Calvary's cross, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. To the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and you will be my sons and my daughters. Oh, lift up a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victory. Freedom. Redemption. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stay standing for just one more second here. Can we thank Rochester Adult and Teen Challenge for encouraging us and just being with us here this morning? Awesome. You know what Pastor James said here is that he came and they came so that they could obviously share with us and encourage us, but one thing that we love to do here at Joy is encourage one another because we're one big family and you guys come in to join our service and celebrate the Lord with us this morning. One thing we want to make sure that we do is encourage you guys as you're leaving here today. So what I'll ask our Joy family to do, if you're sitting around these guys, if anybody from uh, their program or adult and teen challenges around you, just if you would, just lay hands on them so that we can pray for these guys as they're leaving here today. If you're in the corner and far away, that's okay. You can just extend a hand. And I think as I had the chance to meet with Pastor James here and Pastor James last week, knowing that these guys were coming this week, the, the thing that resonated in my heart, it was so encouraging to see as somebody who takes care of patients here in our community and sees the, the bondage and sees the struggle and sees 
the heartache that people deal with as they walk through addiction, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's something else, is that what you guys do at Adult and Teen Challenge is you guys take a God-sized hole and, and you fill it with hope. So often, by just our own sin nature, what we do in life is we fill God-sized holes with earthly-sized answers. And that gets us nowhere. But the reason why you guys are able to do what you do is you take a God-sized hole and fill it with a heavenly answer, which is why you men are standing here today, which is so cool. So Lord, we thank you for Rochester Adult and Teen Challenge. We thank you for Pastor James. We thank you for Chris. We thank you for all of the people who are working there, their leadership team, Lord. We thank you for the things that you've already done, Lord, and we thank you in anticipation of the things that you're going to continue to do. God, we thank you for these men that are standing here today, Lord. They are just starting their race. Just as we heard about today, Lord, you have called us to run this race. This is a race of togetherness. This is a race of faith. This is a race that at times is not easy. This is a race that takes endurance. God, we pray that as these men are starting their race of recovery and freedom in you, God, that you would give them that endurance they need. Lord, that you would provide the community of men to join arms with them and run after you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the community of men that's at that place, Adult and Teen Challenge. God, we pray that you would continue to sustain these men in the days and weeks and months ahead of their journey. And God, you would help them, as only you can, Lord, to run this race, a race that's so worthy because it's filled with hope and it's filled with the freedom that's found in you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing at the, the county level with the No More Red Dot campaign. God, we pray that the leaders in our community would see just the light that these guys are at Adult and Teen Challenge, Lord. We pray that they would have favor within our community, Lord. We pray that people would literally walk up to their door. They would call them on the phone, Lord, that are struggling with this addiction uh, issues and sin and whatever not, Lord. We just pray that people would come to them and they would, you would just use your Holy Spirit, Lord, to attract people to them in a supernatural way to see, feel, taste, know the freedom, Lord, that comes from knowing you and walking with you. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this special Sunday celebrating and hearing all the good things that you're doing at Rochester Adult and Teen Challenge. And God, we look forward to the days ahead and God, we, we need your help. We need your help, Lord Jesus. God, addiction in this city is, is rampant. All you have to do is turn on the TV to hear all the different ways that folks are struggling with the reality of what addiction is, Lord. And God, we don't need more resources. We don't need new medications. We don't need more financial uh, money from, from government you know, budgets to be put towards this, Lord. What we need is you. God, we need a heavenly breakthrough. Not just in our lives, but in the lives of each and every one in our community struggling with the bondage and the sin of addiction. And God, we believe you that the best is yet to come. That good days, the best days are ahead. Not just for Joy Community Church, not just for adult and teen challenge, not just for the city of Rochester. For our families, Lord, and our own lives, God, we thank you for the freedom that is found only in you. We pray this in your name, Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Run that race. If you're new here, Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.